0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's going on, folks? It's Anthony Armstrong here on Believe in Commanded with my man, Brian Murphy, all the way from ATL. What's going on, my man? How are you?
2: I'm good. Yeah, I love that we can do this from two different states. We're in Texas and Georgia talking about a team in Washington, D.C. That's awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm of fired up.
1: That's the power of the internet,
2: man. That's right. the
1: power of the internet. We're so connected. don't ask me
2: how it works, but it, it just does.
1: Yes. That is, yes. That's a whole other <laughs> podcast. I'm sure there's another one out there. Yeah. Um, believe, believe in, in tech. Believe <laughs> yeah. in tech. Believe in conspiracies. Believe in ooh, I bet that'd be a good Cam Rogers would be good on that. Yeah, I would. bet a few other guys would be good. Anyways, we got uh, we got a good show coming up for y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all listening. If you're on TuneIn, appreciate you listening over there. TuneIn Radio, we have that uh, network. But this show, as always, is brought to you by Bet Online.
2: That's right. We don't need to tell you guys, but football season is back and fully in action. We are about to start week seven, which is crazy. We're getting close to the halfway mark, which is insane to say, but it's back and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, game trends, all of that. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Make sure you're checking them out all week long, not just before the games, but during the games as well. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB playoffs, MMA, tennis, boxing, NBA is back, even golf. So head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's 100%. A welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. And remember, bet online where the game starts. That 100% uh,
1: bonus is great, y'all. Yeah. And when, I, when I got the bonus, it was only 50%. Yeah.
2: So they so. they upped it. They they want you guys to get the full one hundred percent match there. So there it is going on the bottom of the screen. Just type in BLEAV and you will receive your reward. So, uh, bet online where the game starts, where our game starts. Ah, uh, we'll get to it in just a sec with the Packers, but a lot of uh, news going on around the Commanders uh, this past week. It, it, you know, since last Thursday when this team played, it will have been what a full ten days since this team last played a game, and yes. things are going to look a little bit different as uh, some roster news. If you haven't heard, Carson Wentz is expected to be out about a month, maybe six weeks. Uh, with the finger injury, and we are back to Taylor Heineke time. Uh, what were your thoughts when you first saw that come down? We, we obviously knew he was seeing some sp- uh, specialists, we knew he was banged up. But uh, when you saw that it was going to be, you know, at least a month that he was coming back, Carson Wentz, that is, uh, what were you thinking?
1: Damn, that was <laughs> my first thing. I, I yeah. think I was putting the kid down for a nap, and I was like, damn. And the kid was like, "What's going on?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> you good? You good?" I I was just go to sleep. Upset. Yeah, right. I was upset. You know, upset yeah. for him. Um, you know, especially you know, you you know his history. You know, people always bring up the fact that yeah, he's often injured, and mm-hmm. you know, yet again, he has an injury. But I I also went back. I was like, "Man, he played that game with a broken finger." With yeah. a fractured finger. Like that's tough. That's tough. You know, so yeah. um, you know, I had to take my hat off to him for that. So it's like once again, you kinda of go back to as many times as people pile on and bash him. The guy played the rest of that game with with a fractured finger. Right. Um, and you know, I know some people that'll call out for work on Monday if they have a hangover on Thursday. So that's right, you know, let, let's let's uh, let's give this man a little bit of credit for being tough. It sucks that he's that he's gonna be out, but you know, that's a part of the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw him shaking his hand and we knew it was not feeling okay. And so you never know how that's going to go after the game when it's had some time to sit and you're not actively using that hand. And, you know, now I think every broken something in the hand, at least recently, is going to be compared to Dak Prescott. I don't know how similar the injuries are, that kind of thing, but Dak is just now getting back after a month and a half. Yeah. So when it, when, it, when they say potentially a month, I think you got to at least add on a week or two after that. So it yeah. could be a good, you know, Thanksgiving or later that that we potentially see Carson Wentz back out there, if at all. Yeah. So it is a bummer. Cause you know, he fought hard. We, you know, through the block when he wasn't feeling well, he was also dealing with an ankle and um, something else. And so I think a bicep injury, but you know, it it just stinks to see him go get that win and then not be able to back it up or try to build a little bit of momentum in a, in a winnable game against the Packers. So I was, I was with you very frustrated to hear that news just when I thought, you know, the offense didn't look great on Thursday. We talked about that, but There's something to be said by getting a win and getting some momentum going, and now he won't be able to do that. So in steps, a guy that we talked to over the summer, Taylor Heineke, a guy who has been there before. He's been that pinch hitter before in a playoff game um I mean getting called off his sister's couch I mean you guys know the story at this time so it's not going to be too big of a moment for him um and we'll see what Taylor Heineke has is this team despite being two and four is right there in the playoff chase I mean they're only a game back of the wild card so these games are certainly still meaningful
1: they definitely are and I will say say what you want there is there, you should feel have a breath of fresh air and feel good, a sigh of relief, if you will, for having Taylor Heineke actually mm-hmm. be able to step in. I mean, uh, I went and re- listened to that uh, interview from this summer, and I, and I asked him, oh, hey, you've been in this offense. He's like, yeah, I've been around these guys for a long time. I know this stuff. So it's it's very calming to know that you're going to have a person step in who actually has more knowledge of the offense uh, than, than the guy who's actually starting. So, yeah. you know, I, last night I was trying to think of the way to say it. And it, and it, it wasn't it wasn't. Generally, you would think when the backup goes in, there's going to be a lapse or step down in performance. And you could say whatever about you know how the season is going, but you you shouldn't see a guy walk in and act like he doesn't know what's going on. Right. You get what I'm saying. I think yeah. the offense should it should operate smoothly. And and it might look a little bit better uh, simply because he does know the offense and he can quickly get people aligned and 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 situated and lined up. You know. Now, does it take away uh, some type of throws that Carson's able to make sure absolutely you know maybe those don't happen Uh, but maybe other guys start getting some action and yeah. I, had, I started to think about the last time that Taylor went into Green Bay uh, he played well against those guys up there right Yep. now he has a had more, a decent day yeah he had a decent day and and you can you <laughs> can definitely say he has more weapons now on offense going up against this team and he's at home so
2: yeah, this might not be a I, uh, bad thing. I, I I sent him a message. I was like, "You owe Aaron a loss. Just go do it." You know what I mean? Like, so they, they could have had him last year, and so now Aaron's coming to our place. Packers are a little bit beat up, and like I said, I'm not I'm not worried. Yes, you. I agree with you that there might not be a couple of throws that that Taylor can make that Carson could, but I'm not worried about the team as a whole because not just a quarterback, but, but Taylor Heineke is probably the guy on this team that knows this offense better than anybody other than maybe Scott Turner himself, right? He, he did it in Carolina. We know the the ties and the connection. So he certainly is going to step right in. It's not like having a guy like Garrett Gilbert, who, who started a game for you last year, who just came in and is introducing himself to guys. This guy's been in the middle of everything, you know, every Every practice picture you see, Taylor Heineke is right there. He, you know, he's probably picking ideas off of Carson Wentz and and kind of feeding him some ideas too. So I'm excited for Taylor Heineke. I've obviously been a fan, a little bit biased, you know, uh, going to the same high school and all that. But yeah, I, I think that he he's just going to step right in and he's going to do an admirable job. Uh, I know that he liked to find J.D. McKissick a lot last year, which we haven't seen a whole lot of J.D. McKissick, and you're right, the, the weapon should be better than what he had last year. He should have a full complement of running backs where it was really only Antonio Gibson, and, and J.D. McKissick was the change of pace guy. Now you throw in Brian Robinson. So he's going to have a full tool belt, a full toolbox of guys to, to throw the ball around to, and I'm excited for that.
1: And the other thing to consider, because all the highlights that have been out there are – the way that he's been able to escape the pocket and and make something happen with his legs, mm-hmm. you know, Carson hasn't been able to do that so much. He's done it a few times, but Taylor's very elusive. He can get yeah. out of the pocket, and he, you know, people, I saw a great tweet. Somebody's like, "Man, he's exciting." Sometimes it's good and bad, but yeah. it's, he's exciting, and he's and he'll bring. He's going to bring a spark to the offense. I tell you, he's going to he's going to scramble out. He's going to make a big throw. It's going to be an eruption of cheers and energy in the stadium. So it's a good thing. I think this is not, it's not going to be a bad thing. yes, it sucks that there's an injury. You never want that to happen. But I think it's an, I think you're okay. I don't think it's a bad thing that you're going to Taylor Heineken.
2: Yeah. And we already said, I don't think the moment's too big, but it's nice. Like you said, that they're at home that, you know, that crowd can get behind this team coming back off a a tough win uh, a week and a half ago, hopefully getting healthy. Um, So I, I like their chances. And, And like you said, it, Sometimes when you go to the backup quarterback, you're dreading it. You're kind of like, okay, how long till we get our starter back? But you feel like you're in good hands with Taylor Heineke. And I, I like what he can do. And I like his short yardage ability to get a couple yards when not a lot of quarterbacks can do that. Like you said, scrambling yeah. the ball.
1: Yeah. Uh, last last point on that. I and then mean, we're going to get off of this, but I bet Scott Turner probably has a little bit of a comfort level with what Taylor yeah. Heineke likes as well. So, you know, this is not. We're not jumping on Carson, but you got to no, think. No, about no, it. no. You're going back to something that's a little bit more familiar for everybody. Yeah. Then it's good. It's still it's going to be calming for everybody. Okay. Sure. So, uh, you should still see a good performance.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So some of those weapons, uh, you know, it seems like the the commanders are getting relatively healthy. I think I saw today a couple of tweets maybe from Pete Haley that Jahan Dotson was out there. Charles Lindell was in a non-contact jersey. Um, I feel like I feel like we'll probably see Dotson back out there. He's missed the last two games with that hamstring, and hopefully he's had some time to let it just sit and heal up fully. Um, so so those weapons should be available. I think we'll see a heavy dose of Brian Robinson, and Antonio Gibson. We saw what the Jets did to the Packers last week. They like to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball all, all over again. They did it to the tune of almost two hundred yards. So it's nice that the team is getting. Healthier. I don't know that they're fully healthy, but they're getting healthier, and that should certainly help whoever's under center and whoever's out there. Uh, hopefully, make some plays.
1: Yeah, uh, this this little extra time off is yeah. like, huge. I mean, I think that's. I mean, I, yes, it's a mini bye week, like we've all you know spoken about. But I mean, when you have some key people out, and they're going to be able to come back. Um, it's just it's a it's really it's a perfect timing for this to all kind of show up. So I'm I'm happy yeah. for that. I'm very thankful for it.
2: Kind of injury related, kinda not. A guy that hasn't been out there is William Jackson the third. I kind of think that eventually, and we're gonna have Lake Lewis on later, so I want to kind of get his thoughts as a guy who's right there in the middle of all of it, but I kind of think William Jackson the third might have played his last game as a commander, as a football team member, as a whatever the team is called i think he's played his last game in dc i just think that it would be better for both sides to move on and so that'll be interesting to see they they kind of are not really committing to it being an injury related thing but i don't think he was out at practice today so um as a player what how do you handle that you know you're obviously unhappy you haven't played that well You 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 see kind of the writing on the wall. Maybe the team does too. Does that cause a distraction? What What, what is co- going on when there's obviously a big kind of elephant in the room that William Jackson the is probably not a part of future plans with this team?
1: You know, I haven't been that person who's who's had his name thrown around sure. in trade discussions, um, but, you know, on the other side, is is business as as usual. You have to just treat it as business as usual because you you've seen plenty of your your friends and teammates been cut uh, over the over training camp and at the end of training camp. So uh, at this point, you know you know the young guys like Rashad Wild Goose, you're looking at this as an opportunity. Yep. You know Benjamin St. Juice, you're looking at this as an opportunity. You know, regardless of yeah yeah, it may still be your boy, but hey, I get more I get I get more burn and I get to get out there and play and. You know, the goal is to win, regardless of who's out there. It would have been great to have William Jackson out there if he was playing at a high level, but yeah. if both if both sides know, hey, this is probably not what we're going to do, then they're both going to come up to a mutual, you know, uh, ending, and it probably makes things be a little bit more smooth rather than having one guy be loud in the media about some stuff, and that's right. a bigger distraction. That's yeah, a bigger and.
2: Distraction. I don't think it's honest honestly don't think it's been a distraction. I think he talked to the media a little bit yesterday and it doesn't seem like it, you know i'm sure he's frustrated don't get me wrong but you know it seems like both sides are handling it uh, professionally and hopefully that they work out a deal that's best for both sides i mean get get you something that can help out later on in the future a late round draft pick and and send william to a to a place that he can thrive and where he can play well because we know he's got some skills so um you know i'm excited to see what they do with that and i, I think it'll be best for both sides so yeah. uh, those are kind of the those I'm, are just kind saying, of the- I'm
1: just thinking. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I'm thinking. I mean, you, they're, they're going to be scouring you know rosters to see like, yeah. is there a young player that we can bring in that'll bring some value, right. or is it draft picks, or you know, so uh before week eight hits, I mean, I would expect some some exciting some some value to be added to the team, and we could we could use some help in a few yeah. different positions.
2: Yeah, all hands on deck this team has shown. So uh, that's on the field. Off the field, we've heard a little bit of owner news, owner meeting, a little bit of nonsense, hearing some stuff from Jim Mersey, who uh, hated on our quarterback Carson Wentz and now might be a driving force to potentially get – Dan Snyder out of there. I definitely want to talk to, to Lake Lewis about that, who's going to join us here in a second. But uh, I, I I like to focus on the on-field stuff, but I definitely want to pick his brain a little bit on what's going on there. And then one other thing, uh, the alumni weekend, 90th anniversary of the team, there will be some alumni in the building. Not AAA, right? You, you're not able to make it up there?
1: No, I had some last-minute uh, situations kind of pop up. I, I had made some RSVPs. I'm going to send a little email saying, I'm not going to make it, but I was really trying to get up there. Uh, and, and be a part of that because, you know, when I played against Green Bay, that's right. It does down and we beat them, baby. So I uh, just wanted to be in the building for that. But I have to catch another one.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's bring in our guy, Lake Lewis, who is uh, I'm sure all of our, our listeners and and fans across D.C. already follow him. He does great stuff. You you've already talked to him once. I think you were are flying solo, Triple A. So uh, tell us about uh, Lake Lewis and welcome your guy in.
1: What's up, Lake? Glad to have you here. I mean he's he's one of one of the top, you know, uh people you can follow. Anything you're looking for, but really anything DMV sports, Lake Lewis Sports Journey. Was it NBC Washington too? Uh, Am ABC. I wrong? ABC. ABC I'm ABC. sorry. I, I always get those messed up. I got that messed up when I was up there too, man. But sportsjourney.com,
2: after practice podcast. Lake, thanks for joining us.
1: Appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it.
1: I mean, you me. came in. You came in here right during the the, the juicy drama part. Yeah, we're yeah, I mean,
0: talking, talking about the owner team. meeting. Yeah, if you're talking to this football team, that should be your whole show.
1: <laughs> well, we try to keep All it right. light, but I mean, it's been a long bye week, essentially a bye week. So we had to touch on some other topics that came up, I and mean, we talked about Carson and whatnot. But we were about to speak about the owner uh, meeting. What's the temperature of just kind of that whole situation? Uh, up in the DC area.
0: Well, you know, it's 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 when you start hearing another owner, and it was just one. I mean, it was it was Jim Irsay for the Colts. Uh, when you hear one owner though say something about another owner, that's kind of the start of something. Um, you know, whether whether people think it's only one owner and that's not enough because they need what twenty three other you know uh, owners to to be with Ursay, Listen, one owner. Uh, coming out against a fellow owner that you just normally don't see that because it's such a tight knit. You know, I don't want to say good old boy club, but it's a tight knit good old boy club. So for one to come out and say that that says something. And then also w- recall going back to uh, the game in Chicago, and Al Michaels made a comment on the air too. You know, as far as they, you know, uh, Dan Snyder, and as far as saying that he had been a, a problem, and and you know the league maybe looking to remove him. When you start hearing those things on more of a national scale, then you know that it's stuff that can actually, you know, I don't I'm not going to say it's going to happen. But it's definitely something that could get people's attention. And I think it's got Dan Snyder's attention for sure.
1: Do you think that it there's anything else to it since it was Jim Ursay? I mean, obviously, he, he obviously just got done. You know, bashing Carson Wentz, he trades Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz to Washington. Is him saying it having that? Is that anything added, or just is that just him being himself?
0: Well, he he's outspoken, as we know. He's very candid. Um, He doesn't mind having a camera in his face. Uh, So, you know, but for him to be the first to say it, that may be his thing. He may be the person to say, "Hey, I was the first person to stood up to him and said something." Uh, But but when you're when you're being told as an owner that some guy's trying to find dirt on you allegedly, because obviously, you know, me being a news anchor now, I have to always say allegedly, uh, but you know, that's serious accusations right there. And you know, that that's legal stuff involved in that. So, you know, just to be able to, to see it happening and unfolding, I think a lot of the Washington fan base, let's call it like it is, they want a new owner. They do. They just, they flat out do. And I think it's apparent in the lack of sales, uh, you know, as far as the seats that are not being filled in the stadium, the opposing team basically are playing home games now. So those are things that clearly have gotten the attention of the other owners and the NFL as a whole. And is it something that can be repaired and get back to where it used to be? I mean, Anthony, Anthony, when you played, the building was selling out. And now, uh, I don't know if you've been up here in a while, but let me just tell you, it's it's, it's pretty disappointing to see what you see on Sundays.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen pictures uh, that people post from the stands, or like videos from the stands, and I'm like, man, that's a whole lot of, you know, empty spots and tarped up spots, and it's just like, it gets upsetting. I know that's frustrating as, as a player to see.
0: It's got to be. I mean, I can tell you right now, there, there's more people in University of Maryland Stadium for Maryland football games and you know I'm not going to rip Maryland cuz I'm a Penn Stater but we own Maryland. But the whole <laughs> point is is that there are more people at, at at you know in their stadium than there is a FedEx Field and that's that's bad. You can't have that.
2: That's wild. Lake Lewis joining us here. So uh, if you had to guess, when would something be resolved? Or I don't even know if, it's, if the right word is resolved with Dan Snyder. What kind of timeline do you foresee or is it just so unpredictable that there isn't one?
0: I don't think there is one, but I think in a perfect world, this would be something that you'd want to handle. If, you, if, if, if there's an owner that wants him out, they're going to have to step up and say something because you'd want that to happen by the winter. I mean, you do. You'd want that to happen before you usher into a, into a new season. And the reason for that is a lot of reasons. One, this is a team that's going to be looking for a stadium real soon. And I just know, from, from what I've been told by a lot of people uh, in the know on this, uh, D.C. And, and other places, don't, they don't want to do business with them. So mm-hmm. when you have situations like that, you know, you're, you're, it's kind of a, a you, you know, your, your feet are stuck in the mud, so to speak. So it's, it's just hard to say, but I think for one owner to step up and say something that may be the snowball effect that gets things rolling. And, you know, if we see some other owners start to come out with this, and then definitely things will start to pick up.
2: Well, you, you mentioned the stadium and then we see, I'm sure it's been in the works, but Nashville, it just seemed like it was like that, that they're, they've already agreed to a new stadium. That's gotta be like an eye opener for, for everybody that Washington has openly been looking for a new stadium for years now and then another team is just getting it done, just like that.
0: Yeah, Man. and even and even in the Chicago, you know, we were there last week, and Chicago they they have land outside of Chicago. I mean, it's way outside of Chicago, but still, there's land there for them to build another stadium, and they just did. You know, uh, I, I you know I, I feel like they just refurbished Soldier Field. You know, they in did. The last, yeah, last ten years, right? So yeah you know, you, you fix up and upgrade, you know, an iconic stadium, and now you have an opportunity to to build another stadium. Um, You know, those are the things that, that go to show you that cities are working with certain ownership groups and certain, you know, league wide sources. And then of course here, it's totally different. I keep telling people right now, they're going to have to upgrade FedEx field. That's the only place I see if he's the owner, something getting done.
1: Yeah. If he's not getting any help from, uh, any city or government officials, you know, so then
0: taxpayer money will go into a stadium. And,
1: sure. and then there's, and if they're not selling out the stadium, then it's, it's going to make it tough to do some upgrades. So uh, i I put in turf before when I was in college. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. So, so I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay on that.
0: Well, you know, I think people sometimes have to remember too, that the Ravens, you know, have MNC bank stadium, which is in Baltimore, you know, and, you know, so that's already a source of state taxes and, and things like income, you know, stuff, stuff like that. That's already going towards a Maryland team. And then, of course, you have University of Maryland. You have the Naval Academy. You have mm. Towson. So you have these other schools that have their own stadiums. There's a lot of money being pushed in, uh, into Maryland as far as ballpark. So uh, for Washington, to me, the the only move that would make sense in my opinion, a lot of people don't like hearing it. Would be for them to move to Virginia because Anthony, you know this. We lived in Ashburn, <laughs> you know that's Man. where the, where the headquarters are. So it would just it would make sense. But the only place that seemingly that has the available land is down in Manassas, Woodbridge, yeah. and nobody's that's driving down ninety five. Not that's a long, long way. No, 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 that's not so, happening.
2: <laughs> so, so speaking of the field, let's get to on the field. We know Carson Wentz is banged up um we saw that he was shaking his hand out he was already dealing with a couple of ailments first off what were your thoughts when you saw that it was going to be a month to a month and a half that we see Carson Wentz back out there and and where does this team go from here
0: I just I you know honestly guys and I hate to say this but it's just so Washington it's just Washington can't have nice shiny toys they just I mean you know, you, you first game of the season, uh, you know, the kid Mathis for Mathis tears his knee up, you know, and he was starting to play well late in the preseason. Uh, you know, you see things like that. Jahan dotson has been out the last several games, you know, with the hamstring injury. Uh, you know, it just seems like whenever this franchise has something that they can build around, we know about Brian Robinson and that tragic incident. Thank mm-hmm. God he's back out on the field, but that derailed his progress for a couple of weeks So now you see Carson Wentz, your prize, prize possession at quarterback, breaks his finger, you know, and he's out indefinitely. It could be four to six weeks. But then there's grumblings, too, and you start to wonder, did he throw his last pass on Washington? Because we have to be realistic here. He's getting $22 million. And, you know, Ron Rivera's tried to stick by him, and, you know, some people thought he was – throwing him under the bus. I didn't think that at all. I thought that his words and I've, and I've been very critical of Ron Rivera on top of that, but I thought his words were kind of taken out of context when what he was saying was they didn't have their quarterback yet. This is my problem with that guys, not to stray from the subject, but if you felt like you didn't have your quarterback, well the guy you're starting this Sunday, you kind of threw him under the bus, didn't you? Um, so that's all another story, but for Carson Wentz, Listen, uh, you know, I thought he was playing okay. He didn't play great football, but he wasn't playing terrible football either, and he was under duress. I mean, every time he dropped back, there were two, three guys coming at him because of a poor offensive line. So I think he's going to get a pass. Um, If Ron Rivera is back here next year, which I think he will be, I think Carson Wentz will be back here too. But if Terrell Heineke can, you know, catch lightning in a bottle, or, or perhaps he doesn't and Sam Howell comes in and plays well, Maybe they go a different direction to save some money for their cap.
1: All right. All right. That, that kind of takes me to what I wanted to ask kind of everybody. <laughs> uh, what's the one move, I would say, on the field or off the field, that you would think needs to be that would help point the team in the right direction? I was going to say uh, remo- remove the ownership change because that's, I, that, I mean, that's, we, we don't got that out obvious. Yeah. <laughs> my bank account does not put me in that club. You feel what I'm saying? So there, uh-huh. I'm not, I can't, you know, you could. I can have my opinion, but it's just like, you know, somebody else is going to have to act on it. Cause I can't do it. But what's right. the one thing that you would change? What would it be?
0: Guys, it's just hard to say this because, you know, I, I don't like messing with people's livelihood. I just don't, but I don't think they have the right coaching staff in place. I just don't. Um, and I say that because Ron Rivera's had some success, but he hasn't had a lot of success. He did take a team to a Super Bowl. They were on the shoulders of a superhuman player that year in Cam Newton. They were fifteen and one. Cam Newton won the MVP. But Ron Rivera's only has three winning seasons in twelve years as a head coach, Mm -hmm. and two of those winning seasons there were only nine nine wins. You know, so I think one was ten. So it wasn't like you know he was just. Burning it up in Carolina, there were a lot of rebuilds, a lot of things that didn't work down there, and Washington inherited that. They brought that with him. So, with all that being said, when you look around the league and you see Kevin O'Connell, what he's doing in Minnesota, and you see obviously Matt Lafleur and Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay has a Super Bowl under his belt, Zach Taylor, for God's sake, I mean, all these guys were under the tree of you know Shanahan and Gruden at some point. They coached you, uh, you know, and so you think about the fact that you didn't keep any one of these guys in the building and they're young, they're innovative. The game seems to fit what they're trying to do now. And I look at Ron Rivera and his coaching staff and it's an older, uh, experienced staff, but the experience that they had, the games changed and I don't see them making adjustments to fit what's going on. You look at the other teams around the league on offense and, you know, they can get 10, 15 yards. They, they could be in a third and 15 situation, and they have a play to get them 16 yards. And yeah. you look at Washington offensively, and it's a struggle to get one yard. <laughs> and and it seems like it's every week, every play. That comes back to coaching to me. It's not just on the players.
1: Yeah. What about you, Brian? You had some on that.
2: Yeah, I think you know if if it is coaching, I think you definitely got to go for the next young offensive mind. I think that's the way the off you know this league is going. And I think uh, I've seen people say, "Well, why don't you get a defensive minded head coach?" Well, he's going to bring in a good offensive mind that's then going to get poached, and it's like a cycle that never uh, never ends again. So I'm definitely looking for the next offensive mind. Um, but I think for for the first time in a long time, if we're talking about on the field, they need to address. Um, the linebacker position. I, I think that they have a bunch of solid role players. I think Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis are solid. They're solid, uh, not a knock on them at all. I think they're solid, but they need a game changer uh, right. that, that can go out there and play all three downs that can cover guys that can tackle guys that can get after the quarterback. I think that having that in the center of your offense, or I'm sorry, defense is is huge and something that, it's, it's kind of frustrating that two former linebackers are totally missing in, in their scheme. Yeah. So that, that's, that's yeah. the thing I'm looking for.
0: That's a great yeah. point. man. you know, the fact that you have two former linebackers and the weakest part of your team is linebacker. Mm. I mean, it, that just doesn't make sense to me at all. And I agree. I think Jamin Davis is getting unfairly judged in his second year, but, but you can clearly see he's not a game changer. He's, he's yeah. a good football player, but he's not a Micah Parsons. He's not one of those type of players that just demands, you know, accountability on the field for offenses to know exactly where they are. And Washington has a nice front four. They're, you know, they're playing well, um, you know, and Chase Young should be back and add to that. Uh, But, but I do, I agree with you. I think that they need a game changer in the middle of the field and it'll make everything in front of him and behind him that much better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually wrote down exactly what you said, Lake. I'm like the coaching staff is just too is too old. The game has changed. The game's changed twice since <laughs> since those guys have played. For what is it, it is what it is. Um, the game's changed twice. I mean, you've seen the success the D lines had with Ryan Kerrigan being there. So there's something about having a younger voice. I think Ron Rivera is a great leader of men. I think he was probably the right person to, you know, steer the ship through the the murky waters it. that have been through the past, you know, two three years. And and we mentioned on the show. Probably need to keep him in the organization, but in a yeah. higher up position, you know, to make sure he keeps everything on the up and up. But you need a younger mind. You need to have somebody else that's that's able to, you know, innovate and, and get the ball to people creatively. You got a lot of weapons. And and at some point, yeah, you can't keep circling players on the field. It's got to be something's got to change. And, I, and also, you got to have some patience because yeah. you mentioned you mentioned the, the young mind getting poached. But if you do a good job developing, then that young mind that gets poked, there's a quarterback's coach that's behind them or a receiver's sure. coach that knows everything. And I feel like a lot of times, especially with this organization, there's not much patience. There's only a few lead teams in this league that have patience to try to develop people. Uh, and Washington hasn't been one. Uh, but if they have some patience and can get a younger mind on offense, that's going to help and fix that old line, too. Hell, fix him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I said this, you know, when Kevin O'Connell was here, he was, uh, you know, he was the quarterback's coach. But then he started calling plays as a coordinator for uh, Bill Callahan when Callahan uh, was, you know, when Jay Gruden was fired and Callahan, you know, became the uh, the, the interim head coach. Um, I, I go back to this, you know, and, and rest in peace to him. But Dwayne Haskins was actually playing well under Kevin O'Connell. Um, you had guys like Steven Sims that was playing well. Kelvin Harmon was playing well before he got hurt. And and none of these guys are on the roster. I mean, just there's nothing to show for any of that. Um, Kevin O'Connell's gone. And you look at Minnesota, five and one right now. It, it, Ron Rivera, when he came in here, I said the first thing he should do is make Kevin O'Connell his full-time offensive coordinator. Well, obviously he had a different plan. He brought in Scott Turner. That's not working. <laughs> I mean, and I think anyone can see that you know, I don't want to say Scott Turner's in over his head, but you have more offensive weapons now. You have three really good receivers and a fourth that's showed that he can do something in Deami Brown. And Cam Sims, you don't take anything away from him either. Yeah. But when I watch these receivers and I'm watching Terry McLaurin sometimes only get three targets a game, that's inexcusable. Um, when I'm seeing all the passes be thrown to the sidelines, as opposed to down the field, I mean, Anthony, you, you were a four, three guy, you set four, two, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, but the point is with your speed, you wanted to be able to run down the field. And, you know, they've had guys here like yourself and Deshaun, uh, Jackson was here doing the same things. Why are they not doing that with these guys? And then you have Carson Wentz, who has a big arm, and he's proven that he can get it down the field. But you go out and you spend all this money on a quarterback and you don't get the right pieces in front of him to protect him. That's just bad decision-making at the top. You, you can't sugarcoat it. It's bad decision-making.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it, almost, it almost feels like you're not, they're never really looking at what's in the building. They're always having your ears to the streets to what else is out there. Because there's, it's because uh, frankly, it it you you can't tell me you got five, six, seven current head coaches that are having success that have come through your building and you couldn't keep one. <laughs> that's been keep one. That, that is
0: one. That's yeah.
1: garbage. That's trash. Sean McVay should have been should have been your head coach a long time ago. He should have been the head coach whenever. It Gruden lack
0: of vision. Yeah, it shows a lack of vision. And you know, for me, I, I say flat out, and they get mad when I speak my truth about things ron rivera these things i think i agree with you he was the perfect hire to bring respectability and accountability to the organization but it was a terrible hire as far as coaching and you know at the end of the day do you want someone that's well respected around the league that's going to lose or do you want a young gun that's brash and may rub people the wrong way but you're going to win
2: yeah that's what i'm going for (laughs) that's what we should be going for Right. So, so before we let you go, all this big picture stuff. Oh yeah, there's a game on Sunday that potentially could be winnable against the Green Bay team that certainly hasn't lived up to its potential. A couple quick thoughts on that game. We saw the Jets run all over them. I was saying before you came on, I think Robinson and Gibson should have huge days. What are your thoughts on this game and how do the Commanders come out with a big dub? You
0: hit it right on the head, and I tweeted it out a couple of days ago that the Jets showed the blueprint in. I mean, we've seen the blueprint. The 49ers have shown the blueprint against Green Bay in the playoffs because basically Green Bay's a finesse football team, and if you smack them in the mouth, they back down, bottom line. Washington can't turn this into a Taylor Heineke throw the ball 40 times a fair. Sure. You just can't. They need to slow the game down and smash mouth, make this an old-school football game similar to what the Jets did. Defense has been playing well for Washington. It really has. Um, so if you can get pressure on – Aaron Rodgers which I think they're capable of doing you know this game is very winnable for them and you know if a win puts you back at three and four you got it you got to get wins now because everyone else in the division is winning um I know the Cowboys just lost to the Eagles but they're getting their starting quarterback back so they're gonna be yeah So you've got to get these wins and you're at home which is probably going to be more Green Bay fans in the building but nevertheless you're in your uh, comfy confines as far as what you know, as far as how the field plays, things like that. Uh, yeah, I think that it's a winnable game, but they're going to have to run the ball down Green Bay's throat. And if it's not working early, Scott Turner can't abandon it. He still has to stay with it and just keep doing it. And and by the second half of the game, you start to see the the, the results. So run the football, play great defense, and you should win the football game.
1: That sounds easy enough. Yeah, and let's make sure get, make sure it gets executed. That's right, Lake Lake Lewis. We appreciate you joining us, uh, Brian. Did you have one more?
2: No, I was going to say thank you so much. You packed in like at three hours worth of content in like twenty <laughs> minutes, like only a true <laughs> professional can.
0: Well, I appreciate it, man. Happy is my god, man. It's good to see you guys doing well with this. And uh, anytime you need me back on, just let me know. I'll be there. All right,
1: Thanks, Lake. Appreciate it, Lake. We'll see it. you. Take care. All right. All take right. Care. Y'all, we appreciate y'all tuning into this one. Brian, that was fun. That,
2: that was. was a fun one.
1: I'm glad we had Lake jump in, yeah. kind of give us a little update on everything. But appreciate the folks at Bet Online. Uh, make sure y'all right. head on over there. Use our promo code. It's just B L E A V, believe. Um, Easy. If you're going to get that 100% welcome bonus. Check us out on TuneIn Radio. Uh, that's available as well. We get to believe radio stations. Sometimes you can catch us on Stadium. Did you yeah. know that?
2: Yeah, yeah, we. We, uh, I know we're in a bunch of different places, which is really cool. You'll be able to see the video all on YouTube and probably some stuff on social. So a bunch of different ways to check us out. Subscribe to the podcast, like it, all that good stuff. But we appreciate you listening in. We appreciate our guys bet online. We'll we'll try to do a picks podcast later on. I have fun with that. We'll get a triple A parlay. But yeah. Thanks so much to Lake Lewis for his insight and always good stuff talking to that guy. He's a must follow if you don't follow him. So follow him on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, But yeah, a fun one and a big game this week. Hopefully they can put aside all the craziness off the field and go get it done on the field. Throw Aaron Rodgers around a little bit.
1: Yes, indeed. Y'all be easy. Stay safe. Y'all have a good one.